Who was the most hood nigga at Northwest? I don't know <laughs> who was the most. <laughs> who was the most like, like nigga? Why are you here? <laughs> no. Take your ass no. to Harden or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I have a person in mind, but I cannot <laughs> Okay, so tell me some of the things he would do at an art school. As far as kids being there in pursuit of um, certain things, like. Because in public school, kids didn't have mindsets of what they was in pursuit of. So right. for you to be at an art school, you right. knew what you was in pursuit exactly. of pretty much. Yeah. What were uh, the kids using to relax? Were they uh, were their minds at that advanced on drugs? So I had interviewed this girl, right? Yeah. Episode four, prostitute flange. Thank you so Prostitute much. flange? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> break it down. Um, I interviewed this lady. On this episode, I was supposed to interview this rapper nigga in Charlotte. Yeah. I ain't even gonna say his name. Because <laughs> the motherfucker did me. He left me hanging and shit. So, I um, drive around that afternoon. I'm supposed to have an episode out that midnight. Mm-hmm. I find this motherfucking... Old prostitute lady sitting on the corner. Really? So I'm like, ma'am, I need an episode. And I honestly wanted to interview a prostitute, but I wanted to interview a high-end prostitute. Okay. So to find a drug addict, right? Yeah. So I get her set up. I interview her. Come to find out, she went to Northwest. Uh Uh-huh. She said her habit started because of the stress and the peer pressure she went through at Northwest. Wow. Oh, that's, so that's why, why I asked, asked you that, that. question oh earlier. God. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, back to you. Do you write your own songs? Absolutely. Yeah. And what like what do you consider writing? Like do you consider that putting pen to a paper writing? To me, in this era, writing your own songs means structuring right. your song. Right. Having the overall, overall, like, no, motherfucker, this is how we're going to go about this right. song. Right. You might help with a hook or something. So what are some of your favorite things about the city that are different compared to other cities? Um, I love how Charlotte is such a hidden gem, you know, like... Mm. We may not be as mainstream as other cities, but we have a culture. Right. You know, we have an underground culture. And um, that's that's what I love about it. That's what I love. I wanted to go to Northwest School of the Arts. <laughs> I Why did it you? <laughs> I, don't, I really don't know. I never told my parents that I wanted to go to Northwest, but I low-key really <laughs> wanted to go to yeah. art school. It was dumb. I need to know the ins and outs, the ups and downs of Northwest School of the Arts. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a theory on um, your fastest songs being your most popular or your most catchiest songs you can make. Um, some of your longest songs. Are there some of your worst songs you ever made? But that's, that's crazy. Yeah, so... She did that interview for eight dollars and a pack of cigarettes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. So moving along. 
Your motherfucking boy, Jacquees, Mr. E E I E A. He himself proclaimed <laughs> he's the motherfucking king of R&B. Real quick, greatest R&B song of all time. All time. One. Oh my gosh. Where is One. Time? Why would you ask a question <laughs> like that? I'm gonna go with falsetto by the dream. By the dream? See, I feel like that's more like 2000s R&B. You know, like I love 90s R&B. It's the greatest one ever. Yeah. Um, greatest R&B vocalist of all time. Greatest R&B vocalist. Mmm, that's tough. Okay, that's why I be focused. Wow. Uh, I want to say. This is tough. Why would you ask me that too? You are so crazy. Um, that is army vocalist. I got a kicker. I think Winnie Houston was the greatest army vocalist. Love R. Kelly. Love R. Kelly. And you know what's so crazy? <laughs> Speaking of R. Kelly, because I just, you know, aside from everything going on in his personal oh, life, I man. just, I, you can't take away that he is the king of R&B. You know, I just feel like you can't take away. Uh, he pissed on kids. Robert Kelly, born in Chicago. Let's see, let's see some of these stats. I just want to know his Grammy nods. Because I do want to know, why are black people so forgiving of R. Kelly? Is it because he made 12 play? I don't think that they're forgiving. It's just like once the music is out there, it's out there. And it's like, you can't retract that. He <laughs> has such a unique thing about his Song. His songs and his pen game, it's just, you can't deny him of that. First off, the nigga middle name is Sylvester. Sylvester. Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> Alright, so I know they knocked some points off this nigga's I legs. Know that. He has that, that hit with Kiki Wyatt. Long as I hit? Yeah, long as I live. Oh, <laughs> I'm tripping. <laughs> Who planted the seed of you pursuing R&B? Um, Who, because with my podcast, I remember um, it was just a time where I wasn't doing shit. Mm -hmm. And like two or three people told me within like a month or two months span, like, bro, you should do a podcast yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Two or three random people and I'm thinking about this in my back of my mind. Mm -hmm. Who planted that seed for you as far as pursuing R&B? Your it's your boy Robbie Dean back with another one of those fire ass episodes of me Blanc Amigo and this is episode 26 Princess Chase Crown the story of Levi DeRosa in this episode man I link up with the R&B princess or at least I think she is the R&B princess of the city Levi DeRosa 
Um, we talk all thing R all things R and B, man. From Queen the King, um, her coming up, her coming up as a performing arts child. Um, you know, navigating through the city, navigating through the industry. Uh, we also speak on um, Avant making claims for king of R&B, and we also come to the conclusion that Usher is indeed the king of R&B. Uh, within this episode, I relive episode four, I believe, of Me Blanc Amigo. Uh, it's called Prostitute Blonde. Uh, I speak with a prostitute who was a student of Northwest School of the Arts, and we spoke on how the pressures led her to become a junkie in the long run. So. It's crazy how it's tied back into this and uh, everything comes full circle. So just listen for the little shit and the little, you know, storylines and all that or whatnot. So, yeah, like always, follow my Instagram at R-O-B-E-I-W-H-Y. Again, that's R-O-B-E-I-W-H-Y. And like always, like always, like always, like, comment, subscribe. Like the white girls in the valley say. Aha! I'm out. Alright, say something. Mic check, mic check. One, two, one, two. Got me about the bracelet. Coming through. Is that the level you're gonna be talking at? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I'm here with Levi DeRosa, the princess of R&B. Oh, How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Um, reason I brought you here today was to um, discuss R&B, R&B's current state, uh, navigating the R&B industry, and R&B things, etc., etc. Are you up for the task? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so let's get it underway straight to it. Um, <laughs> you're from? Jacksonville, Florida, originally. I was born in Jacksonville, Florida, but raised in Charlotte. Okay, so what age did you come to Charlotte? I came to Charlotte at age five in 1998. 98, you're five years old. Yeah. You pack up. You arrived to Charlotte. Right. What are you thinking at five? I couldn't even tell you what I was thinking at five. <laughs> I just know that my mother was coming to Charlotte. We were her kids and we were coming to Charlotte too. And so I just kind of made it my own. I love the city. So I, I really, I really have deep roots here, you know, mm. deep roots. Um, making friends in Charlotte, was that a hard thing for you? No, no. Um, I'm, I'm good with friends, making new friends. I have a pretty open personality, pretty open mind. So it's like, no, friends was easy. Mm. So what are some of your favorite things about the city that are different compared to other cities? 
Um, I love how Charlotte is such a hidden gem, you know, like mm. we may not be as mainstream as other cities, but we have a culture. Right. You know, we have an underground culture. And um that's that's what I love about it. That's what I love. Now you told me you went to Northwest School of the Arts. Yeah. I wanted to go to Northwest School of the Arts. <laughs> I Why didn't did you? <laughs> I don't, I really don't know. I never told my parents that I wanted to go to Northwest, but I low-key really <laughs> wanted to go to yeah. an art school. It was dope. I need to know the ins and outs, the ups and downs of Northwest School of the Arts. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, like I said, I was at Northwest from 7th grade up until like 11th grade. So, I was new there. It was a lot of kids that were there since sixth grade. I came in seventh grade. So, that was kind of tough, like transitioning. I started off at South Charlotte Middle School, then I went to Northwest. But, um, it was tough in a sense where I was the new girl and, you know, I kind of have a personality about myself where it's like, if I don't know anybody, I won't speak to anybody unless someone takes the initiative to speak to me. So it was kind of tough kind of transitioning there, but I joined the band. Um, mm -hmm. I played the flute. Mm -hmm. So I made a lot of friends doing things that I love. And um, so it was dope. It wasn't really like a popularity contest there. It was kind of like everybody got along with everybody. So it was so much love. And um, so that really contributed to like the way I carried myself as an artist. So Northwest really shaped me as an artist. I'm not gonna lie, it did. <laughs> who was the most hood nigga at Northwest? I don't know <laughs> who was the most. <laughs> who was the most like, like nigga? Why are you here? <laughs> no. Take your ass no. to Harden or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I have a person in mind, but I cannot think of his. <laughs> Okay, so tell me some of the things he would do at an art school. No, just like, I just feel like if you're at an art school, you should take advantage of why you're there. Exactly. And it's like, if you're just there to cause problems and just like bully people and get on people's nerves, like, why are you here? But like, I'm not a judgmental person, so it's just like, but yeah. Okay, so the drug culture. What was what years was this? You said um What that I was at Northwest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventh grade through eleventh grade. Okay. So middle so, and high school. As far as kids being there in pursuit of um certain things, like because in public school kids didn't have mindsets of what they was in pursuit of. So right. for you to be at an art school, you right. knew what you was in pursuit exactly. of pretty much. Yeah. What were uh the kids using to relax? Were they uh were their minds at that advanced on drugs? Um, at that time in school, none of my friends like we weren't talking about like we weren't talking about drugs or anything like that. Like that wasn't until maybe after high school, like up into college. But mm. at that time, I just think we fed off of just the creative energy that was there that kind of stimulated everybody's you know creativity. So. Yeah, so that's what that was like. Mm. So, who um, was ended up being the most famous from Northwest that you know, remember? That I know? Uh, 
Northwest famous. I know they're no, I don't think they're with the Northwest. Or, I don't know. Or don't most know. successful so far. Most successful so far. Who went the furthest with their uh, elite art degree from Charlotte, North Carolina? I I I don't know. <laughs> I would have to say. Mm, there's a few people that have done things, but I don't think they really set the bar. Mm. I don't think anyone from there has set the bar. If anything, I feel like I'm I'm going to set that bar. Like I'm setting that bar. Mm. I should have recruited Robbie Dean. <laughs> All right. So back to you. Do you write your own songs? Absolutely. Yeah. And what like what do you consider writing? Like, do you consider that putting pen to a paper writing? To me. In this era, writing your own songs means structuring right. your song. Right. Having the overall, overall, like, no motherfucker, this is how we're going to go about this right. song. Right. You might help with a hook or something. Well, I don't, I haven't ever, like, took pens to paper to write anything down. My songs come from just, like, a flow. Like, it's just, like, I listen to the beat, I let it you know what i'm saying resonate with you know certain experiences and emotions in my life and i just let the lyrics flow right. and once i kind of get it going next thing i know i have a full blown song you know ready to go record so it's it's interesting it's interesting to to be able to do that but that's how the songs get done and um i like it i like it i like going off the top of my head you know and that is your writing process? Yeah, that's my writing process. So you arrive to the studio. A motherfucker say, yo, I got this fire-ass beat. Well, Check no, 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 no. Before the studio. Like, my first song, um, I recorded, Greenlight. I came up with that song. I was in the car driving, listening to instrumentals. Mm -hmm. And then I came up with the song as I was driving. Right. Um, so after I get the song done, then I would go record it. But yeah, it would... They would already be done, ready to record. Alright, so this has just brought up an interesting topic. Song time, time that you put into a song. Mm -hmm. What was the fastest you've ever made a song? Like I said, consistency was done in like 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. I was dropping my sister off to an interview, mm -hmm. and like I said, I was just already in the habit at this point of listening to instrumentals because I already had Green Light and West Side done. So I was like, let me listen to some more instrumentals. As soon as the beat came on, shout out to P Dub Cooking because he makes some amazing beats. Like when the beat first came on, the lyrics just the the hook came, you know, mm -hmm. the, the hook for consistency came. By the time my sister came back to the car, I'm like, girl, I just wrote this whole song. Like, it took her 10, 15 minutes to come back to the car. I sung it to her. Next thing I know, I was setting up the session to go to the studio to record it. And that was that was really quick. That was a quick song that came. And it's my favorite song. Now, I have a theory on um, your fastest songs being your most popular or your most catchiest songs you can make. Um, some of your longest songs, are there some of your worst songs you ever made? No, I don't feel like that. No, because if I felt like it was 
at a place where I would feel like it was my worst song, I wouldn't even put it out there. Mm. You know, like I wouldn't even put it out there. So how many songs total do you have tucked in a stash? Throwaways, gems, ready to go. Yeah. Everything compiled in your head already ready compiled? to go. Um, I would say maybe about, it's a few, it's a few. Not too many because like um majority of the songs that I come up with I do release. There's only a few that I wrote coming into the process that haven't been, you know, seen to fruition, but not too many. Pretty much what I've come up with is what my fans have gotten a chance to hear. Mm. Now do you feel awkward playing music in front of people? No. I'm not because I come from a performing arts school and it's like uh, even before then in elementary school yeah. I was performing, you know, so I've just always had to learn to just get over it. If you want people to, to see your talent, you have to get over it. You have to put yourself out there. Cause I'm a part time rapper, right? Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And I hate playing my shit in front of people. But why? Because I don't feel like it's ready yet. Right. Okay. So, when you was playing me your music, mm -hmm. I was paying attention to how you like to hear your songs and how you perform your shits. Really? And you was into <laughs> your own shits. Every time I played my shits, I never had put that much energy into yeah. my shit. So, for you to be that confident, I think it's dope. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. My songs come from a very special place. And, you know... Whenever I hear it, I just feel like it brings me so much clarity, you know? It's very therapeutic to hear it, you know? What's your worst song in your catalog? My worst? That's your most it. hated song. I don't have a most hated song. Everybody got a most hated song. In my in my little career, I figured out I got a but most I hated think, song. This is what I think it is. I think we have songs where we don't feel like they're stronger than others. Yeah. But would you say... But would you say... But I hate that hated. shit. I hate <laughs> that motherfucker. Because it's not bringing in like the others. I hate it. Um, I will say this. There are a couple of songs that I recorded previously with another producer. Mm. And the quality of those songs versus... They're both great quality. But just... You know, going from one studio to another studio, you're going to produce a different sound. Mm -hmm. um, so I will say those songs I'm not I'm, I'm not too fond of, but the newer songs that I've recently recorded with the new producer, they are my I feel like they are my strongest. All right, so real quick back to the Northwest thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I had interviewed this girl, right? Yeah. Episode four, prostitute flying. Think it's Prostitute lunch? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> break it down. Um, I interviewed this lady. On this episode, I was supposed to interview this rapper nigga in Charlotte. Yeah. I ain't even gonna say his name. Because <laughs> the motherfucker did me. He left me hanging and shit. So, I um, drive around that afternoon. I'm supposed to have an episode out that midnight. Mm -hmm. I find this motherfucking... Old prostitute lady sitting on the corner. Really? So I'm like, ma'am, I need an episode. 
And I honestly wanted to interview a prostitute, but I wanted to interview a high-end prostitute. Okay. So to find a drug addict, right? Yeah. So I get her set up. I interview her. Come to find out, she went to Northwest. Uh-huh. She said her habit started because of the stress and the peer pressure she went through at Northwest. Wow. Oh, that's, so that's why, why I asked you, you that, that question oh earlier. God. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Oh, well then. <laughs> so, that's why I was asking you that question earlier, and I just uh, went over it in my notes. That's crazy. That's crazy. School, I mean, but that's crazy because school has never brought me that much stress yeah. to feel like I would have to turn to that. But it's certain kids that live in that area who school is not even the most stressful. Even when they go home, life can be stressful or, you know, just their everyday life. So, I wouldn't be surprised, but that's... That's crazy. Yeah, so she did that interview for eight dollars and a pack of cigarettes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Alright, so moving along. Your motherfucking boy, Jaquis. Mr. E E I E A E. He himself proclaimed. <laughs> He's the motherfucking king of R&B. That is funny. Um, what do I think about it? Um, I don't think that he is the king of R&B to the world. I think he's the king of R&B to himself. And that's okay. <laughs> I feel like that's okay, you know? Um... Who were some of the R&B legends that you grew up on, that you respect, that you feel wow. are at the king levels of R&B? And some of the queens. Yeah, um, it's so many. Like, um, I just recently watched the Soul Train Awards, and they kind of had, like, a whole tribute to R&B. And I saw a lot of legends that I love, like John B. and Donnell Jones, Maxwell, Tank. Avant, Faith Evans, Mary J. Blige, R. Kelly is like the pinnacle, um, Usher. It's just so many. And I had just, it's funny you asked me that because I had just recently did an interview um, with R&B Junkie. And he asked me who inspired me. And it's like the whole genre. It's like mm. too many to name. It's like the If the whole genre of R&B doesn't inspire you, then why are you doing R&B? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, mm. it's just too many. Real quick, greatest R and B song of all time. All time, one. Oh my gosh! Greatest one. Song of all time. Why would you ask a question <laughs> like that? Okay, I'm just gonna say this because this is the first song that came to my mind. But oh gosh, Maxwell, fortunate. I don't even know that song. You have to listen to it. Listen to it. I'm I, just, I love Maxwell. And you know why I also love that song? Why I can say the greatest R&B song of all time? It's because even though Maxwell performed that song, R. Kelly wrote that song. So mm. it's like a double dose of why I feel like it's the greatest R&B song of all time. I'm going to go with Falsetto by The Dream. By The Dream. See, I feel like that's more like 2000s. R&B, you know, like, I love 90s R&B, 
It's the greatest one ever. Yeah. Um, greatest R&B vocalist of all time. Greatest R&B vocalist? Mmm. That's tough. Greatest R&B vocalist? Wow. Uh, I want to say... This is tough. Why would you ask me that too? You are so crazy. Um, this R&B vocalist. I got a kicker. I think Whitney Houston was the greatest R&B vocalist. I'm gonna go with motherfucking Robert Kelly. Robert Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. R. Kelly, strongest vocals yeah. all time. Yeah. Love R. Kelly. Love R. Kelly. And you know what's so crazy? <laughs> Speaking of R. Kelly, because I just, you know, aside from everything going on in his personal oh, life, I man. just, I, you can't take away that he is the king of R&B. You know, I just feel like you can't take away. Uh, he pissed on kids. Again, personal life, I'm not... I'm not even there. Let's just go into it. Um, <laughs> R. Kelly, how do you, well, you just said how you feel. That's how um, I feel. And we have, okay, I was recently, like I said, I mentioned that they had played my song on our little local radio station. And one of the things they mentioned was that the song that I had submitted sounded like, you know, I had the ability to write for other artists similar to R. Kelly. And mm -hmm. that meant a lot to me mm -hmm. because... You know, he's one of my biggest yeah. inspirations. So, a lot of love for him. It's just like, it's hard to say anything negative when it comes to his music. Robert Kelly, born in Chicago. Let's see, let's see some of these stats. I just want to know his Grammy nods. Because I do want to know, why are black people so forgiving of R. Kelly? Is it because he made 12 play? think that they're forgiving it's just like once the music is out there it's out there and it's like you can't retract that he <laughs> has such a unique thing about his song his songs and his pen game it's just you can't deny him of that first off the nigga middle name is Sylvester so did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> Alright, so I know that knocks some points off this nigga's legs. Born January 8th, 67. He's a Capricorn. Oh, so that explains everything. I'm a Capricorn. That explains <laughs> everything. <laughs> a former professional basketball player. I can believe that. And native of Chi-Town. Uh-huh. Went solo with the 12 Play album. And is known for his collection of major hit singles, including Bump and Grind, Your Body's Calling, uh -huh. I Believe I Can Fly, Gotham City, Ignition Remix. And I remember singing I Believe I Can Fly at one of my elementary school graduations. Exactly. Me too. If I could turn back the hands of time, great song. The world's greatest. I'm a flirt. Legendary love, song. Love, love, Legendary song. Can't deny it. And the hip hopper trapped in the closet. <laughs> Is R. Kelly the greatest R&B artist of all time? Absolutely. He might be. Absolutely. He might be. Um. <laughs> moving along. 
You performed with Avant. Yes, I yeah I opened for Avant. Yeah, I opened for him in South Carolina, and it was my very first performance, which made it even more special for me. Um, so that was that was a special moment. How that kind of came about. My dad, who lives in Florida, calls me like, "Hey, I'm here with." you know, one of my promoter friends, you know, I don't know if he's Avant's manager, but you know, he's good friends with my dad. Yeah. And my dad's like, I told him that you sing. And you know, my dad actually likes my music. He, you know, my family really promotes my music. Because mm -hmm. it, I mean, it sounds good to them. And he's like, do you want to open for Avant? He's, he can make that happen for you. And I'm like, of course I want to open for Avant. <laughs> Is that even a question if I'm going to open for Avon? And he hit me up once they came this way, told me what time I needed to be in South Carolina. I went there and made it happen. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. I learned so much. I learned so much. Um, did you actually get to sit down and talk to Avon? I did not get a chance to sit down and talk to him. And it was crazy because, you know, it didn't matter if I did or if I didn't, you know, it was just the opportunity to be open for such a veteran like him, growing up, listening to his music, being a fan of his music, to being right next to him, you know, <coughs> being able to be in his space, you know, and, and perform in front of his fan base, you know, mm -hmm. that was a crazy opportunity, so... Myron Lavelle Avant, <laughs> born April 26, 1978. Uh -huh. So he goes by his last name uh -huh. as a singer. Cool, that's cool, that's dope. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio, 40 years old. Let's see the hits. He had that, that hit with Kiki Wyatt. Long as I hit. Yeah, long as I live. Oh, <laughs> I'm tripping. <laughs> she is a vocal beast, so that song is that's one of his hits. Um, but Avon was really smooth. You know, he came in, he did his thing, and you know why I didn't mind? It's like you know because I wasn't there as a fan or as a groupie or nothing like that. You know, I'm here as a fellow artist right. coming here doing what I had to do, and you know he was there to do what he needed to do. And um, it was funny. Let me tell you a little funny story. So, like I said, you asked me before, did I have any management or anything like that? And I don't. You know, I've been kind of taking care of myself independently as an artist. Right. So I was there in, in representation of myself, you know. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm about to meet Avon. You know, this is my chance to network with him and give him my CD. I had it ready. Mm. <laughs> so that is not. Oh, it went down. Damn. <laughs> so, I'm standing there, you know, waiting for everybody to get through taking their pictures and whatnot. And, um, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll take my picture last. And so, as I'm getting ready to take my picture, after we're done, I tried to hand him my CD, you know, try to give him my CD or whatever. And he did not mm. take it. And it dropped to the floor. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my bad. And the guy was like, but no. 
it was it was love because the guy who was there with him, he was like, no, I already got your CD. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about giving it to him. You know what I'm saying? We'll take care of that later. You know, we're going to, I already got that taken care of. So you handed him the CD? I tried to hand him the CD. How far away from No, we him? were right beside, like, we were just like right there about to take our picture together. Uh -huh. And I tried to hand him the CD because I'm like, we're right here. And you tried to drop hey. it in there. Yeah. And that yeah. Just like, oh, yeah. damn. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Let's go over his hits now. <laughs> Starting at oh, 01, no. Secret Lover. Do you know that song? I don't. I don't. Nothing in this world. Mm-hmm. That's what the song is. There's nothing in this world with Kiki Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland is the city. Super saucy. Stick with you. Featuring the Pussycat Dolls. I know four minutes. They ain't even spoke on that. Oh. Karma featuring Lloyd Banks. Mm -hmm. Bedroom Boom. Remember that one? With yeah. the Yin Yang Twins? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Claim My Place featuring Diddy. Bone oh, okay. Sex. And Skies Wide Open. Hmm. Yeah. I don't kind of lacking. But me. you know what I love? Yeah. The fact that he only has those songs that kind of stand out, which are not like. Not a lot. It's not a lot of them. But he's still out here performing. And that I that's what I love about R and B. It's like it just it gives you longevity, you know what I'm saying? Because it's really at the heart of a lot of people. Now we kinda wrapping up this interview, so I got a, a little quick game I wanna play with you. We okay. really finna figure out okay. who is the greatest R and B artist of all time. Okay. Cause I'm on Wikipedia. And it's just recommending a few names. So, I'm on Usher right now. Mm. Before I get into these singles, <laughs> what what do you got to say about Usher and his discography and his greatness? Usher, oh my gosh. This, this is honestly how I feel like for this generation. Because I think people are trying to skip ahead. But I think for this generation, to be honest and to be fair, if... R. Kelly is quote unquote the king of R&B. Usher is definitely the prince of R&B, and that's not a bad. That's not to say that you're up here and this person is down here. It's like no, y'all are both sitting on a throne. Like I feel like the same way how Michael Jackson is the king of pop and how people say Prince is the prince of pop. It's like yeah. you can't take one away from the other. I love Usher. His catalog is crazy, and he's been around for so long and he has not missed a beat like i love usher 93 usher hits to sing call me a mac 94 can you get with it thinking of you the many ways coming for exa coming for eczema my bad mm -hmm. 1997 life changes you make me wanna. See, this is when I started to get to know Usher. Because I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You said 94. <laughs> and I'm like, I was born in 92. <laughs> I remember as a little kid, I remember this shit. Because Usher, I think he like four or five years older. I remember seeing yeah. this shit. But like, he wasn't on until you make me wanna. Right. So, you make me wanna. Nice and slow. Right. right. My way. Right. Pop your collar. He was just on it after that <laughs> consistently. You remind me. You got it bad. Yeah. You don't have to call. Oh my gosh. Classics. Classics. You turn. Yeah. Classics. Burn. Confessions part two. 
my boo, my shit, eighth grade. Yes. Caught up, that's my shit too. Same girl. Oh my god. <laughs> See, you get what I'm saying? You put the both of them on a track and look what you you manifest. It's like they yeah. are both sitting on a throne. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like hands down. And like I said, people are trying to skip ahead, but it's like we'll get to you when it's time to get to you. But yeah. right now, we're still in a generation where those two they are always gonna dominate. They're always gonna dominate. Love in this club. Oh my gosh, yes. Moving mountains. Oh gosh. What's your name featuring Will I Am? Mm-hmm. Here I stand. A sleeper usher hit right here. Mm. Trading places. Yes. A sleeper. Papers. Hey daddy. Little freak. Oh my gosh. OMG. There goes my it's baby. Like, do you hear that? The list <laughs> goes on and 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 on. And I know every song that you're talking about. And that's the difference. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the difference. It's another 15, but that that's enough. that's the difference right there. Like you, it's it's you. You don't even need to say any more about it. So we may have just hit the conclusion on our second search as Usher being the greatest R&B Absolutely. artist. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if they don't inspire you, then. I don't know, like I said, I don't know who you're looking up to in R&B, but those are the two that we're looking up to. Male-wise, male R&B. Alright, so, what's the plans with you in the future and your music after just discussing all that greatness? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, my plans are to just continue to just stay true to myself and keep putting out good music to keep connecting with my fans on a spiritual level um and just pushing myself further you know and and just getting noticed you know when you talk about the greats one of the things that i want to strive for in R&B is to just bridge the gap between, you know, the older generation that's phasing out and connect the newer generation that's coming in. And so as far as my music, if I can just push it to a point where they see who I am and recognize who I am and want to just reach out to me and work with me, because that's what independent artists need, you know? How are we going to be mainstream, you know, if y'all don't help build us up to the point where we can carry the legacy, you know? And so that's that's what I hope to achieve with my music overall. Mm. Keep pushing myself until they say, Levi Rosa, like, <laughs> y'all heard, you know what I'm saying? Y'all heard of her, we gotta work with her, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, wanna, right. I want to be closer to, to what they have going on and be a part of the R&B legacy. Mm. Who planted the seed of you pursuing R&B? Um, who because with my podcast I remember um, it was just a time where I wasn't doing shit mm-hmm. and like two or three people told me within like a month or two months span like bro you should do a podcast yeah. out of nowhere yeah. two or three random people and I'm thinking about this in my back of my mind mm-hmm. who planted that seed for you as far as pursuing R&B hmm. as far as like artists or just anybody like Cause really, I'm saying in the beginning when you was yeah. kind of afraid to do it or you wasn't really uh, committed to it. Yeah, I knew. I want to say 
it's weird because I feel like I would have had to have inspired myself. Like, I feel like I planted that seed to do it when I came up with the songs. But as far as, like, artists that maybe pushed me to want to do it more and create my mark, I would say um, Aaliyah is definitely one. Mm -hmm. um, and Mary J. Blige. Mm. Those two singers definitely just made me want to like, you know, take my talent to a whole nother level. Mm. Closing out. I want to know. What are some of the grimiest and dirtiest shit you've had to deal with in the industry so far? The grimiest, dirtiest things is people trying to take advantage of your talent like it's easy to you know have people want to support your music and want to work with you and want to like collaborate with you and just like be you know a part of what you have going on but it's a lot of people in the industry that are going to try to like think that you're not I don't want to be like harsh, but think that you're dumb about the industry and yeah. kind of like take your, like insult your intelligence. Mm -hmm. But, you know, luckily I came prepared, you know, like I said, before I got into releasing any of my music, I made sure to do my research on the music business. Mm -hmm. um, and I made sure to educate myself on what I was getting myself into. So... But yeah, people will try it though. And I've definitely ran into a lot of people like that. But it's like, you got to learn how to recognize it and you got to learn how to shut it down. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it is, the shit is grimy. It really is. But that's what I love about in, being independent. I don't got to deal with it if I don't want to. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't. So yeah. All right. So my last question to you is, well, not question, but... Give me um, one good thing about being in the R&B industry and give me one bad thing about being in the R&B industry. Okay, so the the bad thing, I'm going to start with the bad thing because I just want to get that out of the way. The bad thing in the R&B industry is that I feel like there's just not enough support. I feel like people want it more but they're not giving it the support it needs to thrive you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and i think like that that's just the the bad thing about it is i mean but it is what it is i feel like it's making a comeback as mm -hmm. far as becoming more mainstream because people are starting to remember like hey like this is the foundation of music it really is it yeah. really is yeah and so that's the bad thing, but I think I think it's improving, but you know, it could improve quicker. But <laughs> that's the only bad thing. It just needs to be more support. But the good thing about being in the R and B industry is that you are well, you're putting yourself in a position to be a part of a lineage of greats. People who have dedicated their blood, sweat and tears to this. And have paved the way. Mm. And that's something I feel like that's 
different is I want to pay homage to, to the artists that came before me. I don't want to come in the industry and be like, I'm the king of this, I'm the queen of that. Yeah. It's just like, I want to pay homage to you guys and let you know, y'all see how appreciative we are for paving the way, right. you know, for us to, to be able to be able to do what we do. So that's what I love about it. I, want, I just want to make my mark. I want to uh -huh. make my mark and just like, it's my gift, it's my talent. I want to share it with the world. And like I told my Facebook fans, if my music doesn't bring them clarity, then I'm not doing it right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I want to do. I want to just like make people feel good about themselves listening to my music. All right. Before we get up out of here, anything you want to say to the people? Yes, I want to say thank you to the people. I want to say that I appreciate you all for supporting me throughout my journey and that I don't take it for granted. And um, just keep supporting with me. Keep rocking with me. I'll keep rocking with y'all. The queen of R&B. Oh, get Louis out of here. <laughs> Uh, and also, if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, or in surrounding areas, make sure you come to my performance at Snug Harbor, December 22nd. The show starts at 10 p.m. Come show support. And, um, yeah, shout out, to, shout out to everybody that's supporting. Thank you. There you have it. I'm so excited. <laughs> Another legendary episode. I appreciate you. And that'll be another dope episode of Me Blanc Amigo. I really like to thank my guest, Miss Levi DeRosa. I appreciate you pulling up and showing a nigga some love. That's real. And I really do appreciate you already know. I believe your shit gonna go far. If you already don't know, her shits, the link to her shit is going to be in my description box. Just click on it. Support, support, support. Always support the city, man. Um, other than that, follow my Instagram at R-O-B-E-I-W-H-Y. Again, that's R-O-B-E-I-W-H-Y. And like always, like always, like always, like, comment, subscribe, like the white girls in the valley say. Ha! I'm out.